Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. And good morning, and welcome to Real Presence Live. We're grateful to be with you once again uh, this morning. I'm one of your hosts, Brad Gray. I'm joined by... And I'm Janine Vitson, and it's wonderful to be here. I... I have to warn you, Brad, I only had a couple hours of sleep last night, so I mean, I hope that... Uh, it might be a wild show. You better buckle up. I don't know about how wild, but it'll be good. Yeah, it'll be yeah. very good. Well, we have a great feast day today. We have uh, Pope John the 23rd that we're celebrating his feast, so that's pretty fantastic. It is, it is. And and I think part of my sleepless night last night, um, I'm so grateful it's his feast day today mm. because it, it helped to bring some clarity. You know, the Holy Spirit really helped to bring some clarity uh my husband and I, we watched this really great movie last night, and for those of our listeners, it's called Full Count, and, mm. and it has a faith component to it, but it's just this really good kid who's so talented and dreams of Major League Baseball, yet life just throws a lot of punches that really he doesn't deserve, mm. you know, and um, and just how difficult and unfair life became for him, but then the miracles that God performed through that is really, really quite special. So I was up thinking about that, but Brad, I made the mistake of looking at the news before Uh-oh. I went to bed. That's I a problem. know, I know, I know. And so I see this image, this photo of uh, Speaker Pelosi with Pope Francis and mm. and then and then that unfairness and that, you know, kind of anger and disgust came through because there's so much harm she has done with the life issue yes. in our country and around the world. And and it just is like life is just not fair, you yeah. know? How yeah. does she get this personal experience? And then, you know, thank goodness for St. Pope John the Twenty Third, yeah. And even the readings yesterday, you know, it's just a constant reminder of the need for repentance, uh, the need for us on this journey to realize that we're not perfect either. Right. And the need for our own repentance, but most importantly, the need and power of prayer. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I love that, for, uh, that, that quote by uh, John the 23rd, where he would say, uh, at bedtime, he'd say, well, it's your church, Lord, I'm going to bed. <laughs> I wish I had known that yesterday. You know, I would have just gone to bed and, yeah. and not uh, in my head try to figure out all the problems of the world. Because you know what? Through the ages, God has used leaders who govern us, mm. uh, good and bad, to help us grow. Yeah. you know, as a society and as people of faith. So we trust in him and we call on uh, St. John Paul, or I'm sorry, John the 23rd's yes. intercession, yeah. a very jolly, jovial man who just loved life and loved people. And, yeah. um, you know, God's mercy is big enough to handle it all. Yep, and sought the renewal of the church and the world. So let's, uh, let's start our show by just placing ourselves in the presence of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Loving God, you are good. And we, Lord, we're, we're born in sin. We were born in rebellion. And at so many points, at every point throughout our lives, we have maintained this rebellion in, in big and little ways. And yet you're continuously calling us back. You're continuously inviting us 
into friendship and into relationship with you, Lord God. We ask that you continue to conquer our rebellious hearts for each one of us individually and for our society and for our world. Lord, that the kingdom of Christ, your Son, may be built up, established more and more fully in the hearts and the minds and the souls of every man, woman, and child on this planet, and that every one of us may experience the joy of being yours. We ask this all uh, in the words that your Son, Jesus, taught us as we pray, Our Father, who who art in heaven, heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, come, thy will will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. St. John the 23rd, pray for us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Awesome. Well, we are excited to get this this next edition of Real Presence Live going. And our first guest, we have Jake and Carolyn Geis. Good morning to you guys this morning. Good morning. Good morning to you. How you doing? Great. Thanks for being on with us this morning. Of course. Well, thank you for having us. I really appreciate it. Yeah. So, well, as we're getting started, why don't we have you guys tell us a little bit uh, about yourselves. Uh, Jake, why don't you start? Okay. Well, um, I suppose I'm uh, a member of St. Martin's Parish down here in Emory, along with my wife, Carolyn. And uh, we are really blessed to have a uh, three-month-old daughter, Missy. Oh. Awesome. And um, we're both... Uh, uh, we live on a farm out here, uh, kind of South Alexandria area. And uh, fun fact, uh, both of us are veterinarians. Fantastic. Oh, that's wonderful. Wow. And Carolyn, is there anything that you want to add to the, the tale here as we get started? Uh, no, not at that point. We'll just ditto that. <laughs> that sounds fair. <laughs> now that's a team, right? Yep, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, as, as we're uh, getting going here, can you guys tell us a little bit about uh, your experiences of Christianity and the Catholic Church growing up? Carolyn, can you, uh, can you start us off with that? Absolutely. So, um, starting growing up, um, I actually grew up in a Protestant church, mostly um, starting Baptist, then uh, my family moved to a Mennonite church, and I did not join the Catholic Church um, until about two years ago. Mm. Um, so... That's even beyond when we were married. Uh, we've been married for a little over eight years now, so um, that that came a little later in life. But uh, experience with it would be um, my my dad had grown up in the Catholic Church, and I had a very uh, faithfully Catholic, albeit reticent, grandmother, hmm. um, and that was kind of um, kind of my experience with it, but. Growing up in a very um, loving, faithful Christian family, um, and um, I guess when you look at it from the Protestant side, it would have been, you know, having a relationship um, with Christ or really understanding my faith as a Christian when I was in um, high school, and then obviously that that turned into joining the Catholic Church um, a little later in life. Mm. Hmm. Well, that's really, really special, uh, Carolyn. It's the journey is is so beautiful, and you know, my dad was Baptist when he was young, and and became Catholic uh, probably a similar amount of years after uh, you did once you were married. Um, and it's just so cool. I just look at his mm-hmm. faith journey, and it, it just has such an impact on me as 
someone who was born Catholic. Mm. So I just really, I really, really cherish those conversion stories. And um, thanks for sharing that. Um, Jake, can you tell us how, how the two of you met? <laughs> well, oh, should it come from Carolyn? <laughs> no, it should come from him. <laughs> so the story starts out, I was at vet school at Iowa State, and they held a bacon-eating contest. Mm. <laughs> and the ladies' division went out to the bacon-eating contest. And in that uh, time period, they had three minutes to eat half a pound of bacon. <laughs> well, one beautiful brunette down that half pound of bacon in 45 seconds. <laughs> That's awesome. I was actually mortified because um, when I had finished, I looked up and nobody else was even halfway done. And I thought, oh, no, that wasn't very feminine. <laughs> and, um, and if there's anybody out in the audience who is a prospective suitor, they must be gone by now because that had to be terrifying. <laughs> Oh, was it That's crispy me, or it was, was it uh, floppy? <laughs> For me, it was, oh, was crispy. <laughs> yeah. What's that, Jake? For me, it was love at first bite. Well, for sure, absolutely. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. So, so tell us more. As uh, you're, I mean, that's when you met. So, how did your relationship develop from there? Well, we. We'd kind of known each other from that point in time, and then um, the vet school actually has a program called uh, Christian Veterinary Fellowship for the students, and um, we had kind of gotten to meet and know each other through that, and then there's a couple of different social activities that the school and the students do, um, and we started uh, talking through there, and then um, kind of blossomed even further that uh, a, a large group of us actually went out dancing a lot and found out uh, Jake could dance. And mm. um, so we uh, we kind of uh, grew from there, I guess, if you will, and started dating. And um, we only dated for about six months and got engaged. And um, yeah, like I said, we've been married now for about eight years. Fantastic. So when you got married, I imagine you had uh, dreams of you know starting a family together and kind of starting your life as veterinarians, right? Did that all kind of pan out exactly as you had planned it, or what was that like? Far from. Um, uh, because of you know the way things kind of had uh, panned out, we actually didn't even get to live together our first two years of marriage. No, really? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, while I always tell folks i i wouldn't trade that for anything i think we learned a lot in mm. our relationship and doing that but i would never do it again yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but uh as far as starting a family um i had gone through quite a few um health issues as uh, a college student and knew that that would potentially cause issues with being able to have kids and that's something i i divulged to jake while we were still dating mm. that um, you know, this is a possibility. We don't know. Um, this might cause some issues, but um, I just want you to be aware. You know, if you're mm-hmm. if you're looking on marrying a girl and having a bunch of kids, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So. Sure. Wow. And and as you're you're talking there, Carolyn, I I hear your little one in the background, mm-hmm. and it's just oh so beautiful. You know that you had that struggle, that cross of of infertility and not in question and 
And oh, how beautiful the sounds of, of your little one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was about a little shy of five years to get to this point as well. So we are just, we're absolutely thrilled and, and grateful to be uh, missing sleep. Yeah. Well, you know, leading up to that, though, that wonderful, you know, resurrection, if you will, of that cross, um, how how did this affect your marriage and your relationship with God when you were struggling those five years to to have a child? Oh, wow. Um, You know, as far as my relationship, I know with our... The whole process was obviously a very tumultuous one, and when you don't know if you're able to have children, but you're still going through the process of trying to have um, you know, and the types of things you go through a lot of times with hormonal therapies and whatnot, um, <laughs> it, it was fairly tumultuous, and mm. mostly because, you know, you're not really yourself a handful of times because, you know, I'm, I'm now an emotional ball of mess because I'm trying to, you know, we're trying to get everything to work in a certain way. And, uh, you know, I will I'll be the first to tell you. And um, when it comes to, you know, maybe me being not quite myself and acting out or lashing out or whatnot, he was very understanding. Um, but obviously it was, it was very challenging and it was something that a lot of times we just had to sit down and discuss, you know, what are our what are our plans here? What are we hoping to accomplish? What is what is worth it? What is not? Um, and oh, go ahead. And and I guess, uh, Carolyn, we're we have about a minute before we go on break, mm-hmm. but definitely this is something we need to carry on after the break because I certainly want to hear. Jake's feelings, you know, yeah. on on uh, that. He's uh, changing a diaper right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe this break is will it, be well timed. Huh? Isn't isn't that yeah. just so beautiful? I just I love yeah. this that you're sharing your story because so many in our listening areas, uh, in our listening area, I know of someone who are that couple, you know, yeah. uh, struggling with this. Mm-hmm. So you sharing this experience um, is is just so, so important and appreciated. Uh, so we have about 30 seconds. Um, why don't we just go on the break now? Yeah. And then when we come back, the diaper will be changed and uh, we'll, we'll dig into this even more. So we want to thank our listeners. This is Real Presence Radio, Real Presence Live. And our guests are Jake and Carolyn Geis uh, talking about their journey uh, through infer- infertility. Um, they're going to even talk about some other things uh, as when we come back. So stay tuned. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Honor your father by word and deed, that a blessing from him may come upon you. Sirach 3.8 Our priests guide us on the right path and teach us about our Catholic faith. At Real Presence Radio, we'd like to honor them for helping to deepen our relationship with Jesus. Each week on Real Presence Live, we honor our fathers with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. You can nominate your priest to receive special recognition by going to yourcatholicradiostation.com. And thank you to all our priests for your service to the Holy Catholic Church. 
If there is a merciful God, how can he allow such suffering? I'm Father Chris Alar. God took his greatest risk in giving you his greatest gift, free will. He risked that you may choose not to love him and to hurt your neighbor. But even then, God wants to bring a greater good out of evil. There is no worse evil than a creature nailing his creator to a tree. Yet God brought a greater good from it, your redemption. God doesn't want you to suffer, but he allows it. Why? Because your suffering can also be redemptive when you share in the cross of Christ. It is not easy, but when you learn how, it changes everything. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director at Riverview Place Senior Living Community in Fargo. For over 35 years, we've been honored to nourish our residents in mind, body, and spirit. We offer a full calendar of activities, events, and faith-based programming, and the best food in town. Our independent and assisted living residents thrive in our warm, comfortable, and compassionate community. We'd love to meet you. Call Marin or Katie today at 701-237-4700 to line up a tour. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. All right, and welcome back to Real Presence Live. We're having an awesome conversation with Jake and Carolyn Geis. Um, as we were going into the break, Carolyn, you were sharing a little bit about your str- the struggle with infertility for you guys and what that was like in your in your marriage Um how that was impacting Jake was a great support. Um, how did this impact? I mean, infertility is a is, can be a very very heavy burden, and uh, a lot of times it can feel very unjust. I think uh, from my experience of friends that I know and and pe- things that I've learned at my office in the marriage and family life office, um, that it can be like you know I see all these people who are you know don't even want their kids or you know, there's, there's abortion is rampant and like, we really want to have kids and we're not getting kids. What was that like for you in terms of, uh, this, this cross of infertility and your relationship with God? Obviously, yeah, it is really hard. Um, you know, we're kind of in an age when all of your friends are having kids or have had kids. Um, I had always mentioned though, that, uh, the Lord had never put in my heart that, well, I felt like I was to be a mother, whether or not that was because I needed to actually bear children or adopt kids. That was not, um, that was kind of a differentiating factor is, you know, I had, I had multiple prayers regarding, you know, whether or not I'm going to be able to have children mm-hmm. um, and, and having a piece of, you know, you'll have them, whether, you know, you naturally have them or you adopt them. Um but obviously, when you're in the, the throes of treating for infertility, um, that that mindset changes a little bit of, well, why am I doing this if I don't feel like I actually have to bear children myself? Um, but it was actually a, a video I had watched um, with Ascension Presents with Father Mike Schmidt, mm. and he did one on infertility. Um, and it was when we were in the middle of going through all these treatments and t- talking about um, that being able to have children is a gift, and not everybody receives that gift. Mm. And um, 
<laughs> I remember I was, I was bawling my eyes out because I'm sure I was on some sort of hormonal treatment at the time. <laughs> and um, and just offering that up of, okay, I am I'm kind of done planning this myself um, or ourselves, I guess. And, and this is something like actually prayerfully going forward, you know, what what do we need to do? What is what does God want us to do in this situation? Not, you know, who's the next doctor we need to go to and yeah. what's the next step? Oh, that's so beautiful, Carolyn. Jake, uh, boy, join in here now that that diaper's changed. Sure. <laughs> how, how, what were your feelings going through this? Well, I'll tell you, um, being a cradle Catholic, I had always known about the, I shouldn't say always, obviously, at one point I was as old as Mitzi, but <laughs> I know it about the great method, natural family planning, and the whole nine yards. Um, and so, you know, for the timeline, Carol and I were married for five or six years before she joined the church. And as you know, there's a lot of hesitancy from people outside of the church uh, towards the great method. It mm. seems a little bit off, maybe. It's definitely not given the credit that you do. So, when we first were going into this, we were going into it with the um, kind of that compromise mindset, I guess it would be fair to say. Mm. And so we went the traditional route um, of going to a traditional doctor for infertility. And I will tell you that that was, that was not a very good um, way that's... to do it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I what... think that if... Uh, our experience would be probably classified as uh, if your only tool is a hammer, every problem is a nail. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was, I would uh, fair and say it was brutal. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, I guess when, uh, when we were in the middle of it, uh, I told Carolyn, I wouldn't run a heifer through the sheet and do to her what is going on with you now. Mm. And it was... Uh, as Carolyn talked about sitting down and working together with things, um, we never did any of the, the things that the church went to say we couldn't, you know, like IVF or anything where we would destroy, you know, our own children. Yeah. But, um, you know, just the, the intensity of the hormone therapy to me, without really understanding what the problem was, was probably the most frustrating part. Mm. I'd, I'd ask over and over again, okay, what is the? Why are we doing this? What are we hoping to fix, or what are we hoping to address? And uh, get a lot of half answers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Now that changed when uh, we were able to connect uh, through a friend with uh, a napro technician, um, Brianna Miller, who uh, worked with Carolyn and I, and that. Um, that made things a lot better because the truth of the matter is that if you're going to address infertility, you should probably address it by knowing what the actual problem is. Right. And the thing is, is that, you know, we talk about things as problems or this or that. I don't see people as being broken. God doesn't make people broken that something needs to be fixed. What he makes is his individuals. And so what it is when you think about yourself as a unique individual is that there are the various nuances of your body that are different than others. Mm-hmm. And that's what we were able to discover through the Creighton method. 
Um, in particular, after starting some tracking for a while, we were able to find out that uh, Carolyn um, actually had some abnormal bleeding. And then that abnormal bleeding then led uh, us to do uh, a procedure called a hysteroscopy. And that uh, was actually done about two months before uh, we were able to conceive Mitzi. And going through that is uh, what led us to the point that we were able to do that. Uh, we also were able to work with uh, uh, Courtney Heyman at the uh, midwife team at Avera, who worked with us rather than telling us what needed to be done. And totally different results for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, Carolyn's carrying that obvious reason right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Carolyn, what, what was this like for you? Uh, it sounds like Jake had some familiarity with, with natural family planning and all that growing up as a Catholic. But this is kind of a foreign idea to you. What was this like as you're presented with the, the whole approach of natural family planning? What, you know, how'd that sit with you? Um, sorry, we're having a little technical difficulties. The call dropped on my end of the phone, oh. so now we're trying to listen on Jake's phone. Oh, okay. Um, so, you know, I, I had a, a brief concept of natural family planning uh, before joining the church. Um, when we got married, we went through um, a program called Pre-Kena, and that actually gave us a very poor view of natural family <laughs> planning. Um, you know, God bless the presenters. It was just, it was not done very well. Mm. And actually, I was one of those like, well, I'm probably never going to do that. I don't have to. I'm not Catholic. So there. Um, <laughs> and um, so... When, Carolyn, when there's people that are Catholic that do the same thing, so we appreciate your yeah. conversation. <laughs> um, and uh, so, uh, it, for me, it was um, the fact when we ran into Brianna, it, that was that was divine intervention. There was just the random assortment of circumstances that ran into it. Um, it was definitely something more orchestrated by God, and sometimes um, I always joke that if, if he wants me to do something, he really does have to kind of smack me over the head to do it, because I'm doesn't ask, I'm the most stubborn, proud individual I think I know. So, <laughs> um, And the going through it with her, and after hearing about it um, a little bit from Jake, um, what I think that were really catapulted for me into this is probably the best option was we went from how can we get you pregnant in the conventional system to why aren't you getting pregnant mm. in this Creighton model system. And what I thought was really beautiful about it as well is the there's the convenience of being able to take a drug, do a therapy, something like that in the conventional sense. Um, where this actual model allows you to understand what is going on with your body and gives you more power in what's going on because you're learning how to read the signs and understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. And, it, and speaking woman to woman, it's just so incredible how God makes you know our bodies and, and the role he has for us to play in 
you know, divine providence, yeah, really. Yeah. And and it's so beautiful that the Catholic Church has this NFP uh, available to us. And, and just, I'm just so grateful that he gave you the blessing of a little one. I know that doesn't happen with all couples who are going through this, but... Um, Certainly, he he gifted that to you, and I just love hearing her coos right now. It's so beautiful. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yes. And that's something, too. Uh, we actually didn't even know we were pregnant until I was probably about seven weeks along because, um, you know, I had just, I kind of offered that up by that point in time. And we started looking at adoption. Yep. Mm. And Carolyn thought when she had a positive pregnancy test that she had uterine cancer. Oh, really? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. When when I got that, I was just like, well, great, now what's wrong with me? Uh, Wow. And so uh, when the practitioner uh, had called us back to let us know, no, yeah, everything looks, you know, where we think it should be when you're this far along. I I actually, I stopped her. Just so we're clear, I'm pregnant. (laughs) And... She's like, well, yeah, I thought you knew. I was like, no, I, I totally thought that that positive pregnancy test was just telling me I probably had uterine cancer or something. Wow. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, we only have about 30 seconds left, guys. It's been a great conversation with you. I'm wondering if you have any parting thoughts for couples that might be uh, facing infertility. You know, for the folks out there listening, um, when you hear these things and you wonder, okay, who's telling you this? You know, is this, you know, kind of some homeopathic off the beaten path type of thought, we're both very serious about science mm-hmm. and data-driven decisions in what we do in practice. I will tell you, based off of our experience, I would pop, as you can hear in the background, for the results that we saw through NFP rather than going through a conventional method to try to conceive. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we thank you so much for joining yes. us, Jake and Carolyn. This has just been a wonderful conversation. Yep. It It is something that really tugs at so many couples' hearts, and it can bring a lot of marriage difficulties. And I just want to thank you for for your witness. Yeah, absolutely. It's been, it's been a pleasure talking with you guys, and uh, hopefully we'll get to have you on again at some point in the future. Sounds great. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you kindly. Well, God bless you guys. All right, up next, it's time to stoke the fire inside all of us. Stay tuned, and we'll be back with more Real Presence Live right after this. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 